You're listening to The Bridge, a podcast on stories of courage, resilience, and innovation with me, Linda Fadrizi Williams, the president of Central Penn College. Welcome to The Bridge Podcast, a show about resiliency that highlights leaders from our region as they share stories with all of you. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Fadrizi Williams, the president of Central Penn College. Friends, we have a great guest today. If you've ever had the pleasure of enjoying Duck Donuts, then you will be very happy to know that today I interview Betsy Ham, the chief executive officer of Duck Donuts. Betsy Ham oversees the overall direction of the organization and leads the development of the company's long and short-term goals and strategic initiatives. She's committed to building and protecting the 100-plus growing franchise brand by generating awareness and driving revenue. She works alongside her team to identify and provide the necessary tools and resources to ensure franchises achieve ultimate profitability and success. In her previous role as Chief Operating Officer, she oversaw operations, marketing, and business development, focusing on product development and daily operations. Prior to being named Chief Operation Officer, she served as the Marketing Director. Betsy joined Duck Donuts with 15 years' experience as the Marketing Director for Hershey Entertainment and Resorts, a world-class entertainment and hospitality company that owns and operates many of the suite attractions, resorts, and entertainment venues across Hershey, Pennsylvania. Betsy serves on the board of directors for the Salvation Army Harrisburg Capital City Region and Living Well Institute. She holds a Bachelor of Arts in Communication and Masters of Business Administration from Shippensburg University. Please enjoy this episode of The Bridge. Betsy, thank you so much for being a guest on The Bridge podcast. We're thrilled to have you today. Um, You're one of the most well-respected business leaders in the Capital Region, and as a mother of two sons, 11 and 13, I have to tell you, we frequent Duck Donuts quite a bit. (laughs) Nice. And and, uh, out of all the podcasts that I've done so far, I told my boys that I was interviewing you today. They were so excited. They couldn't believe that I was talking to the CEO of Duck Donuts. And I have to tell you this funny story. So my son plays lacrosse, my younger son. His name's Luke. He's 11 years old, and he didn't score all season. So we're like halfway through the season, and we're like, buddy, what's it going to take for you to try? Like, you at least have to try to score a goal. (laughs) It's okay if you miss, but you have to try. He's like, I want you to promise me that we'll go to Duck Donuts after I score a goal. Oh, Yeah. So we're like, all right, you got it. We're going to do that. So he had the ball. He scored and the team chanted duck donuts. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. And from that day on, that was the deal. And he has scored every game since. And that's not a joke. So when he found out I was meeting you, hello from my son, Luke. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks you guys are celebrity. And for those listeners who may not have heard of duck donuts, which seems impossible, Can you please explain what makes the shop so unique? Sure. So when you walk into one of our shops, there actually aren't any donuts sitting there ready to be purchased. So um, you go up to the cash register and you get to choose what kind of donut you want. So all of our donuts are vanilla cake donut, but then you choose your toppings, your coatings, your drizzles. Um, So you could pick a chocolate donut with Oreo cookie, or you could pick a vanilla icing with some rainbow sprinkles. Mm -hmm. And then the donuts are made fresh. And then you get to actually watch the whole experience happening in front of you, seeing your own donuts being topped. And then we hand you a box of warm made-to-order donuts. Which is a pretty cool experience. If you've never actually gone into the shop, I encourage people to do that. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what makes Duck Donuts so unique and your role as CEO. But 
First, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your journey in higher education and and your career? Sure. Um, So I went to Shippensburg University, and I majored in communications journalism. And while I was at Shippensburg, I did a few internships. And one of my internships was actually at Hershey Entertainment and Resorts in the marketing department. So I wasn't really familiar with marketing at the time, but it was a great experience um, and learned that's what I probably wanted to do when I graduated. So upon graduating, my first job actually was at a media agency here in Mechanicsburg. And I worked there for about a year and an opportunity came back up at Hershey um, in the marketing department. And I had such a great experience. I had to go back to Hershey and went back to Hershey. And while I was there, I did get my master's in business also from Shippensburg as well, a few years after I had been working. And I was at Hershey for 15 years in various marketing roles. So um, at the end of the day, my job was to get people to the sweetest place on earth, which was a really, really cool job. Um, And I just was always keeping an eye out for what maybe were some additional potential opportunities in the future. And a friend of mine had said, hey, Duck Donuts is opening a corporate headquarters here in Mechanicsburg, and they're looking for someone to build a marketing department. And Mm. would you talk to them? So I think it's always important to at least listen to opportunities that are out there. And to be honest, I never even heard of Duck Donuts at the time. (laughs) (laughs) So we had not uh, vacationed in the Outer Banks, which is, you know, where it originated. Yes, yes. A long time ago. So um, met with the, the CEO and the CEO at the time and learned about the brand and what they were trying to do. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is a marketing person's dream. Here is this brand that people who know it love it. Right. Um, but they're trying to build it and grow it and make it a national household name. So I jumped and ended up at Duck Donuts and, and had the opportunity to build a lot of the marketing foundation as well as the team. And about a year into that role, then I was promoted to chief operating officer. So as a marketing girl for my entire life to then have responsibility over operations. Um, That was different, but also very very cool. Very different (laughs) job, different skills. Yes, definitely. Um, But awesome, awesome experience. Great way to learn about all the facets of the company. Um, And then just three months ago, uh, Russ DeGilio, who is the CEO and also is the founder of the company, um, decided he wanted to take a step back. So we brought in a private equity group, um, as well as him stepping down from his position. And I was named CEO. So I've been in my position a whole three months. So. Wow, that's very exciting. Congratulations. <laughs> yes, thank you. It's a great journey. I, I want to ask you, for someone who grew up in central PA, and I think in York County, yes. right, is where yep. you're from, how exciting initially, and I want to talk about your higher ed experience too, but just to even start at a well-known national, international co- company such as Hershey, you know, in your backyard, and then be able to have your own journey locally. Yes. That's pretty cool. You know, it's funny. I think in hindsight at the time, I don't think I realized how cool it was because Hershey is in your backyard and you grew up, you know, going to Hershey Park and Hershey Bears games. And then as I was there, I started to realize, oh my gosh, people from all over the country (laughs) come to Hershey for these experiences. And you start to hear people talk about their experiences, whether it was at the Hershey Park, you start to realize the impact that the Milton Hershey School has on so many people. And then, you know, after a while, you're like, oh my gosh, this is such an amazing opportunity. Hershey holds such a special place in people's hearts for many different reasons. And then you start to realize what what impact that has. And it was very, very cool. Let me ask you about, do you have a specific highlight or something at Hershey that you did or you were part of, whether it was a marketing campaign or new branding or a new product or service that you were particularly fond of? You know, my favorite thing was new attractions. So Hershey Mm. would add a major attraction pretty much every other year. Typically, it was a roller coaster, but also we did the boardwalk at Hershey Park when they added the water. 
water park. And that is so much fun because it's not just about the marketing campaign, but in the beginning, you get to sit with the operations team and hear all the ideas of what's what potentially could be the attractions. Yeah. Um, so reviewing what kind of roller coaster and why we should do that it. And yeah, it was very, very fun. So um, being part of picking what was coming and then, of course, the branding and the theming of that attraction, again, whether it was the boardwalk or um, Sky Rush, and then yeah. ex- actually executing the campaign. So getting to do that every other year was always so exciting. I loved when we would have the openings. We would do like a big grand opening party, and it was just so fun to see something you've been working on, sometimes for two years, actually come come to light. Yeah, it's a very it's very gratifying because you get to see the whole project yes. from just you know a concept to right. an actual roller coaster. That's, yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. I want to touch on something. You're a communication major. Yes, I'm a communication major, <laughs> and we're sitting with our producer, Professor Paul Miller, who's also a communication major. And as a CEO of a company, I'm curious about your comm degree because a mm. lot of times people will ask me. Uh, you know, I have a doctorate in higher education, and they'll say, "Is that what prepared you to be the president the most?" Really. It's my communication background that I think probably prepared me better than anything yes. else because it's the ability to talk and have conversations and interact with people. Absolutely. I'm curious how you see your your communication I, degree. I think you are dead on with that. And I just think it's the fact that you're able to get people on board and be able to influence because you're able to paint a picture or talk about your vision of where you right. see you know, the company or the brand or for your example, the school going. Uh, so I think communication is huge and knowing your audience, you know, exactly. knowing who you're talking to and, and how to um, handle the messaging based on who you're talking to. Too. I think that's huge. And you know, I think we probably have all seen C- CEOs who probably don't have that. And I think it's very hard probably for them to you know, stand up and talk in front of people and yeah. be able to answer questions on the fly. And I think our communication degree prepared us for that for I sure. I would totally <laughs> agree with that. I'll ask you this for all of our, you know, our students talk all the time about being afraid to get in front of a large group. And you're actually going to be our, our special yes. guest, our business partner of the year awards. Do you get nervous when you get in front of a crowd? Yes, definitely. I, th- I think if you don't get nervous, then you might be in trouble. So I think I always have that initial, oh, my gosh, okay, like, you know, yes. am I going to say the right thing? Am I going to forget what I'm supposed to say? Do I have something in my teeth? You know, all of those things right. go through your head. 100%. Yeah. Am I going to forget? And and sure, we all we all mess up. You know, we certainly stumble over words or forget what we're going to say. So it's just, you know, really recovering. But, yeah, there is always that a little bit of an anxiety before you before you start even a podcast. Yes. And, and this is about as laid back as it gets, it gets right. because our listeners know that like we pre-record and we cut it into two segments. But I agree with you. Nerves nerves do not mean that it's going to be bad. It means right. you care about something. Yes, and so the, the butterflies are totally normal. Yep. And I always tell my students, if you do stumble over words, nobody really cares. Right. They're there to listen to what you have to say. And it just makes you look human. Absolutely. So it's, it's not a character flaw. Absolutely. To stumble. So. And half the time, if you forget something, no one knows that you were supposed to say it. Exactly. So you can get away with that, too. We're harder <laughs> on ourselves, aren't we? Definitely. Than, than our audiences Definitely. Um, what made you take the leap from Hershey to Duck Donuts? You talked a little bit, and you talked about it being the marketing opportunity. Mm-hmm. But what I'm curious about, and I think what our listeners would like to hear is, when you're at an organization, like you were at Hershey, you loved it there, yes. clearly. So yeah. it wasn't like you were searching. Right. Um, it was an organization you loved. How do you get the courage to try something totally new? Yes. I mean, I I definitely never had this and thought this was in my cards. And, and I go back to, you know, I am always open to hearing opportunities. And, you know, so through the years, I have 
had been presented with just various opportunities at, at companies, and I'd always listen and I'd say, "Okay, thanks. I just I'm good. That doesn't sound like that's the right fit for me." Um, but when I heard about this opportunity, there was just something about it that in my gut I was like, "You know what? This is a once in a lifetime opportunity." Mm. And I, I had a great run at Hershey and was able to really impact a lot of things. But I'm able to do it. It's very different. Yeah, an emerging brand, a small team, building everything really from the foundation. Um, I think it's really like a once in a career opportunity to do it. And I just thought, okay, I can, I got to do this. I got to try how this, see how this works. Well, good for you. And it clearly worked out. Yes. Because <laughs> you're in a good position now. Right. And I always say if somebody would have said to me seven years ago, you know, oh, you're going to be a CEO of an international donut franchise. I would thinking that they were crazy. I mean, that just never would have crossed my mind. That's as, wild. Yeah. Donut, franchising, CEO. That just, no, was not what I thought was in my plan. Are you ready to hit the links for a good cause? The golden anniversary of the annual Golf Open for Scholarships is here. The 50th Central Penn College Education Foundation Golf Open will take place at the beautiful Rich Valley Golf Course on Friday, August 13th. This is the only annual fundraising event hosted by the Education Foundation to raise scholarship dollars for students. Did you know? Many Central Penn students face the same challenge, meeting the financial costs of higher education. Our goal at the Central Penn College Education Foundation is simple. Encourage giving so that more deserving students can graduate from Central Penn and make their own contributions to society. Imagine the potential that will be unleashed if we make a college education possible for more deserving students. Join us for the Central Penn College Education Foundation Golf Tournament on Friday, August 13th. Contact Sandy Box at foundation at centralpenn.edu for more details. And, and you seem like a planner. You seem like someone who who's had a plan and you think you, you're deliberate and you think you're yes. through. But a lot of guests that I have on here also talk about the courage that you have to deviate from the plan yes. sometimes. You Absolutely. might have an opportunity that comes up that isn't something that was necessarily on your radar. Right. That's the best thing that could happen Absolutely. to you. Absolutely. For sure. So plans are great. Plans are great. But, <laughs> but be willing to, to maybe try something Absolutely. New. That's awesome. So you do have some strong competitors in the breakfast food arena. Um, from fast food restaurants, supermarkets, well-known donut and coffee brands. Uh, what are the, some, some of the things that you think make your brand unique? And how do you hold on to them and expand them in a competitive marketplace? Yeah, so great question. So I think part of it, of course, goes back to just the product and the quality of the product that we have um, and the fact that it is exactly what you want and it's going to be warm when you get it. So I think the product helps to differentiate us. Um, but the other thing is, too, we actually do really well throughout the other day parts. So yeah. um, while course breakfast and people grab donuts on their way to the office um, or grabbing a coffee on their way to work is, is certainly a big part of our business. Uh, we see a lot of afternoon traffic and we see people coming for dessert. It's just a oh, sweet treat. And the other thing that's really huge that does separate us is that uh, our customers look at us for special occasions. I was just going to say that. Yes. So what, weddings, birthday parties, uh, gender reveal parties, you name it. Oh, uh, they want something special, they get Duck Donuts. And I think that's so awesome. It just shows what Duck Donuts means to the customer that we get to be part of those special events in people's lives. 
or a lacrosse game or where lacrosse your kid reward and it becomes the trophy instead hey, of the trophy. Hey, my kids are completely motivated by things like duck donuts That's too. So, so I, I completely love that. I will tell you, we we went out to dinner last night and we were talking about about this. And I told them I was interviewing you. I told you they were ecstatic. They thought that, was, that you're so my cute. coolest guest. I will not tell my board member that who was yes. also a guest. But we started talking about like competition and is there competition? And I'll tell you, in my family's eyes, there's not. Oh, so that's you guys awesome. are number one. Nice. Um, I do want to talk to you about franchising because I find this fascinating. Yes. And um, that's something I am not familiar with. You know, I'm a, I'm a president of a college, but I can't imagine franchising and having over 100 stores. So yes. what are some of the joys and challenges that come along with that type of business model? It is such a unique business model. You have a lot of, well, we have a lot of franchisees. We have over 75 franchisees who all have very different backgrounds and perspectives. Mm. But at the end of the day, they wanted to own their own business. So we had the ability to give them the tools, the resources, and the support in order for them to do that. And of course, the brand and the donuts. Sure, but sure. in general, our job as the franchisor is to help them be successful. But it's also their small business. So there's a lot of responsibility that falls onto their plate of what they are responsible for. And, you know, we have people investing a lot of money into our brand. And so it's our job to ensure that they are successful. So I think we have to take that, of course, very seriously of how our team is supporting them. Um, And and our job is also, of course, the consistency piece. We want the brand to be consistent, the donut, the experience. And, of course, when you're spread out all over the country, that's very hard to do. So trying to keep a pulse on you know how are our how are our franchisees performing how are the donuts what does the shop look like right. all of that um, is is very overwhelming at times but again if we're giving them the right tools um, and talking about consistency and helping them to understand the power of the brand and just like us from a consumer if you go into uh, McDonald's is a great example they've been yeah. around forever yeah, yeah. but you're gonna get the same burger and the same experience right. every single time right. so um, it is it is a very interesting business model for sure now as CEO and I know you're new to that role, but you're a chief operating officer as well. Do you travel to the other stores? Yes. How does that work? Yes, I do. And pre-COVID, I would probably be out at least one week, not a whole week, but one week a month um, trying to visit, especially our new shops, trying to go out after they open to say, hey, how's it going? How is your open? You know, what's working? Uh, Which is great. So last year was really hard. And of course, our team is out on the road. We have franchise business consultants who are out on the road a lot. We have a training team. So last year, we were all obviously grounded, but now back on the road. So I was in Tennessee last or two weeks ago meeting with some franchise. I was in Philly earlier this week. I'm headed to Florida next week. Wow. Um, so I do think it's really important to be out there and to be able to have those face-to-face conversations sure. and build relationships um, and remind them, like, look, we're all in this together yeah. and, and we want you to be successful. It's the only way we're successful is if if they're, they are. So yeah. um, it is great to get out and see them in person. That that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I want to switch gears and talk a little bit about leadership okay. and, and leadership skills. Now, you've been in a leadership role throughout most of your career. Yes. I mean, you really have. Can you talk about some things that maybe you did to prepare to be a leader or or maybe situations <laughs> you were put in that sort of forced you to be a leader? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think some of it you're just or innate characteristics and maybe it's yeah. the way that you were raised. I'm the oldest of, of two other uh, girls. So I feel like just growing up being the oldest daughter, you sort of get some of those yeah, characteristics um, by birth, of course, birth order. Um, I think that certainly plays into it. I think even things growing up, playing sports and being on teams and understanding what how, how somebody can really impact the team by taking that leadership role. I think all of those little things play into it as you're growing up that you don't even realize. Right. And then when I was at Hershey, I was put into a leadership role where I had people reporting to me at a pretty young age and most of them are older than me. So that's when it really became clear that, okay, I have to 
step up here and I have to, even though I'm younger and have less experience, I have to be the leader of this team. So certainly some trial and error in that. But I think I really learned just by watching other leaders around me, the good and the bad, certainly learn by watching leaders who are good. And and you learn stuff from those who you don't want to be like as well. You you definitely do. And we talked about it a little bit, but what skills do you think are the most (sighs) important in your role as CEO? Oh, there's so many. But I, I think listening is really, really important, um, especially even though I wasn't new to the company. Uh, but being new in my role, I spent the last few months listening to everybody about everything. I listened to our corporate team. I was listening to the franchisees. We did a satisfaction survey. Um, but I have to make sure I have a good understanding of just the general um, environment that we're in. Sure. And then trying to put together a plan to really problem solve. And in our case, we're really trying to accelerate growth. So making sure we're doing the same thing doing the things we need to do that are going to um, set us up for success in the future. So I think that's very important. I think understanding relationships, communication, uh, being strategic, uh, being visionary, understanding financials, you know, there's so yeah. many things that go into the role. But at the end of the day, I think it's really about people. And that's really about relationships. 100%. So let's talk a little bit about delegation. Yes. Because <laughs> as you move up the ladder, um, there are certainly challenges. And you're right, you want a complete understanding of all of the parts especially when you come into into a new role and you have one background really solid and you're trying to learn all these other pieces, like when you were chief operations officer. What are certain tasks that you might have liked, but you said, okay, I need to be able to pass this on to someone else? Or even your team, how do you assemble a team so that you know you can't do everything, nor should you be? Absolutely. Is delegation difficult for you? So the good news is I'm a really great delegator. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's well, <laughs> Which maybe early in my up. career that wasn't really great because I was really that happy to better sort of with, move. That gets it better, gets better as, with your, yes, as you progress, yeah, for, for sure. sure. So I definitely did not have issues delegating because I think I realized the value of somebody else is going to be able to do some of that stuff better sure. than me. So I think it's so important to have a good team that you can have confidence on, confidence in and rely on to the fact that, look, I know this person can do this. They're, they're better at it than I am. Right. Um, so... So delegation, I think, is huge. And I have certainly seen people in my career who struggle with letting go. I was afraid uh, when I took on the COO role and hired a marketing person, I was afraid that I would be I don't even know if it was delegating, but micromanaging or being so concerned what was going on because that was my background. That's my strength. Uh, But I hired somebody who's awesome. So I didn't have that. Um, I wanted to make sure I gave her the room to be able to do and and create what she wanted to in her role. And and she's done. So hopefully she would say the same, that I didn't have issues delegating. (laughs) And it gives you a little bit of freedom when you find those people and you realize you don't have to be in the weeds and you you shouldn't be. Absolutely. So no, that's that's good. That means you're building your team and you feel comfortable enough to Today's episode of The Bridge is brought to you by Central Penn College Alumni Association. Today, the Alumni Association totals more than 12,000 alumni connected through a common story of opportunities at Central Penn College. The Knight Nation alumni wish to congratulate our newest alumni celebrating their graduation this June, as well as our newest Golden Knights alumni celebrating their 50th anniversary since graduation. The Knight Nation is proud to have you. To learn more about upgrading your alumni membership to the new Sword and Shield level, visit www.centralpen.edu slash alumni. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Bridge, hosted by Central Penn College President Linda Fadrizi-Williams. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a great rating on your favorite podcast service. The Bridge is available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. 
Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes of The Bridge, stories of resilience, courage, and innovation with Dr. Linda Fadrizi-Williams. We'll see you next time.